This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So we've had an amazing, beautiful, wonderful freedom encounter. It's just, the testimonies have been phenomenal. The one lady shared yesterday that around 17 years ago, something bad happened. And uh, from that day or from that time, that season, uh, a stronghold developed in her mindset of negativity and offense. And, and at the same time, 17 years ago, she um, had nerve problems in her thigh. So she lost all feeling in her thigh. So it was beautiful. So over this weekend, as the stronghold of negativity and offense and whatever that was, I don't know the details, but that, that was broken off her life. And then the doctor said she's never going to have feeling in her thigh again. And yesterday it returned and she was healed. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. And I, and I love that because sometimes we think that our thoughts are just thoughts. But they actually impact tangible reality. And even as the stronghold was broken, the mindset, the negative mindset was broken, she was physically healed, which is beautiful. So our thoughts matter. So we're doing a series on revival. And as it says, a reason for revival is like you, you, there's, there are many reasons for revival. Because, I mean, we, revival is God's arrival. We want God to show up tangibly. We want Jesus to save, heal, deliver, and set free. We want God in the house. But that's not what I want to, I don't want to talk about reasons for revival. I want to talk about reason for revival. In other words, your thinking pros, the way you think will either lead you into regret or into revival. Your thinking processes. The way you think will either lead you into regret. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret the rest of my life. Like, if only I was more courageous. If only I trusted God more. If only I didn't allow fear to dictate to me what I can or can't do. Regret. Our thinking processes will either lead us into regret or will lead us into revival. It will either lead us into the presence of God or it will lead us into bondage. And so I want to share with us today how you and I can shift from regret to revival. How we can reason for revival. How we can contend for revival through changing our mindset. Changing our thinking processes. Okay? So I spoke about this last week. About the rubbish dump and the rock standing on the rock Christ. And and uh, if you build your life on the rubbish dump of lies, you're going to craft out a pathway for you. As I said, it will lead to regret, disappointment. But if you stand on the rock Christ, if you build your life on the truth, it's going to lead you. Into fulfilling your destiny, into bringing glory to Christ, into becoming who you've been destined to be. So I've been reading this book by Craig Rochelle about winning the battle 
in your mind. And he had to cool, a few cool practical things that I'm going to share with you guys today. But you're welcome to get that book. But he said, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what are your strongest thoughts? Fear, anxiety, hopelessness, negativity, lust, lies, frustration, anger. What are the strongest feelings, the strongest emotions and thoughts manifesting in your life? Because your life will go that direction. That's the way you're going to go. That's the path you're creating for yourself. And you're going to find yourself falling into that, that rut, that way, that, if that's that, the pattern of negative thinking. That's, that's the path your mind's going to go. And then that's the path you are going to go. And so we need to become aware of our thoughts. What's running through your mind this past week, this past month? What's running through your thoughts? Your life will go in the direction of your strongest Thoughts. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart so is he. In other words, perception becomes your reality. If you think you're a loser, well, congratulations, you're going to be a loser. Because it creates your reality. If, it's, if you're believing lies, that will create your reality. If you agree with what God says about you, the truth is going to lead you into a different future. So here's a picture of a kitten. And a tiger. The way you think now, in this next season, will influence you five years down the line when you look into the mirror. Who will you see? Who will you be? Your thinking processes now will mold you into your future self. So right now, you might be a little bit of a kitten. People looking at you and you, maybe you don't look like a leader. Maybe you're not acting like a leader. Maybe you're not acting like a world changer. Maybe you're not living in the way of, of, of influencing your environment for good in the way that you could. Feel a little bit like a kitten. But when you look in that mirror of who you really are. And you say, hey, I'm a tiger. That's that's actually who I am. God says this is who I am. I'm a leader. I'm an overcomer. I'm a saint. I'm holy. I'm a world changer. God lives in me. I'm royalty. If And if, I'm, and if I have his DNA in me, the creator of the universe, how can I not overcome? And so you might... Feel like a kitten, but you start declaring who you really are in Christ. And you start speaking that and start thinking that and start walking in that direction. Well, guess what? Five years from now, when you look in that mirror, you're going to be a tiger. Because you changed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But you need to aggressively assault the lies of the enemy. This is the fight of your life. This is the fight of your life. Because it's not easy to break out of negative strongholds. 
The problem for many of us, you're not even aware of it because you're so used to thinking, having stinking thinking. You say, that's who I am. I'm just a fearful kind of person. I'm a little kitten. I run when the dog barks. I flee. That's just who I am. I tend to stress, I tend to stress about everything. That's just who I am. I'm just not a leader. I just can't speak in front of people. My past doesn't look so great. So that's evidence that I'm a nobody. No, that's just how it is. Who told you that? Who told you that? I want to say that's the voice of the enemy. And that voice will always break you down. The voice of your heavenly father will always release hope. Always bring change. Always bring you higher. Always lead you into freedom. So how do we shift from the rubbish dump thinking to standing on the rock Christ? I want to answer that. I want to give you a few practical tips and truths of how you can shift from the rubbish dump to the rock. But as I said, it's a fight of your life. So today is not just, hey, nice talk, and then you go home and they go, oh, that was nice. <laughs> That's not going to change anything. You say, hey, I see it. I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to see my mindset, my, my, my mental processes changed. But first of all, you need to discover that you're believing a whole number of lies. That's step number one. If you don't believe you're believing lies, you can't be set free. You cannot confront what you do not see. You have to confront it. You cannot confront what you're not aware of. So you want to, if you want you want to, you want to you wanna shift that. So come on, say it. I'm a tiger. That feels good, doesn't it? A tiger. <laughs> I'm a tiger. <laughs> so which path are you going to take? I want to help you. Okay, so revival begins with you. And ultimately, revival actually begins right here. In your thinking processes. Perception becomes your reality. So you want to agree with truth. With what God says. Okay, so let's look at Isaiah 1 verse 18. Our theme scripture for today. And I, and I love this. It's like, you know, this like a really difficult uh, environment in the nation of Israel. Uh, they, they're losing their way. They're going astray. There's a lot of idolatry. A lot of, it's a, it's a mess. And then God appears to the prophet and he speaks this and he says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Come. Hey, let's have a, let's have a chat. Let's talk. It's like a loving dad bringing his teenage boy who he can see is struggling, he's insecure, he's believing a lot of nonsense about himself, he's, you know, he's struggling with with his, with his mental processes and dad's like, hey, let me help my boy. Come, let's sit, let's talk. Come. Now. 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 Let now. Come now. And let us reason together. Let's engage. It's like God is saying, hey, I wanna, I wanna challenge your thinking processes. I want to challenge the arguments in your mind. I want to challenge the way you're seeing your environment and how you're seeing yourself. Cause This is going to lead you down the wrong path. So let's reason. Let's settle this. Let's bring this to a healthy conclusion. Let's engage. Engage with the word of God, the scriptures, and and allow the scriptures to challenge your thinking processes. And how do you do that? You need to first realize, I need to change. 
Come and say, I need to change. That's step number one. You need to believe, I'm, I need to change. Lord, we come to the scriptures, how do we read it? We read it and there's a really challenging passage, something that Jesus says, and you're thinking of the ten other people that really needs to read this. The, they really need to read it. My wife really needs to read this. No, it's always for you first. You read it, you come uh, engage with the scriptures. It's like coming to God and you are reasoning. You're allowing his word to challenge your way of thinking and your lifestyle and the arguments in your head. You need to come with that. God, I want to be, I want to change. I want to change. And then it says, though your sins are like scarlet, <coughs> although you might be fully like in red, just sin everywhere. They shall be as white as snow. Even though you might have a thousand lies and arguments that you're believing right now. Because sin, the definition of sin is missing the mark. It's believing a lie. Believing something false about yourself, your future. And it says, you will be as white as snow. In other words, I'm gonna, God is able as you reason with him, as you come to him, as you draw near to him and you allow him into your thinking processes, his truth, that you're allowing it in, then it can Remove that to the point where you're like, hey, as white as snow, completely made new. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isn't that beautiful? God wants to renew you, set you free, and heal you, removing those lies off your heart. And so God is saying, come and now let us talk. You see, this is how it works. If you... Say you were, when you were a teenager or even primary school, something happened and you felt like a victim. Something happened. You were cut off the team. Maybe a friend backstabbed you. Maybe someone gossiped. Maybe your parents divorced and you felt like your fault and you're like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of other people. <coughs> and you start believing that. I'm a victim of other people's behavior. I'm a victim of what other people do. And so you go through life believing the stronghold forms in your mindset as a way of seeing yourself, I am a victim. And what they found is, scientifically speaking, they have done studies and they found that your brain is wired in a certain way. If you believe something, whatever it is, your brain will look for evidence to confirm what you believe. Your brain will look for evidence to confirm what you believe. That's why we get so easily deceived. So you believe something, I'm a victim. And there might be a whole bunch of good things happening in your life showing you're not a victim. But it's like your brain cancels that. And it's just looking for that narrative to pull that narrative. See, I'm a victim. Oh, See, I'm a victim. Again, I'm a victim. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm a this. And then it builds that stronghold. It builds that narrative in your mindset. And you keep on speaking it, thinking it. And the truth is, we are deception prone as people. Huh? It's, it's, it's like, I've seen this so many times. We tend to not be very self-aware. It's like before we get married, guys. Like, hey, I'm amazing. This woman is so lucky to be married to me. And then you get married and suddenly there's a mirror that reveals your true self. And you're like, what? I can't believe it. 
I'm so selfish. I'm so me focused. I'm so insensitive. I'm like, what is it with this woman? Because obviously it's not me. It must be her. And we like, we deceive ourselves. We're not self aware. We're not self aware. And the brain is wired in that way. We're always looking for things to confirm what we believe about ourselves. And so we struggle to change. We struggle to change. Promise you, just get married. Hallelujah. Then you need, I need to change. Yeah, my wife often says when I try to justify myself, but other husbands, you know, they do like this and like that. And she's like, we do not compare ourselves to mediocrity. No, we don't. We up our game. We up our game. We change. And we pray, Jesus, please help me to be more like you, Jesus. More Christ-like. <laughs> but we're not self-aware. And that's why we need people around us to give us feedback. Say, hey, do you realize, like, when you say it like that, that's, like, really, that's unkind, or that's insensitive, or that's not very good. That's not helping. Hey, you're deceived. You're seeing yourself in the wrong light. And so we need trustworthy voices around us to give us feedback so that we can say, that's a lie. I've been believing a lie. And I see this so often in marriages and any relationship. You know, especially when it was really strained. You know, you'd counsel the couple and then the woman would say, it's all him. It's all his fault. And you say, okay, and then you, sir, what do you say? It's all her. It's she, this woman. The truth is, it's both of you. It's both of you. I love it how the guy that uh, the Ministry of Love and Respect Ministry, he says his mission in life is not to choose sides. It is to make both parties feel guilty. And that's the truth. Because you could always have been kinder, guys. We could have been kinder. We could have been more patient. We could have been more self-controlled. We could have been more loving. Because she's acting weird. Why? Because of you. (laughs) So own it, man. Own it. And then other side as well. You could have been more respectful. You could have been um, more gracious. You could have spoken nicely to him. And they're saying, you are such an idiot. That's not very respectful. So why is he acting silly? Because of you. I know, I know, I know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But it's still the truth. In every relationship, it's always both sides. Especially when you're offended. Do you know what happens when you're offended? You both, you, you, the source of your thinking processes is bitterness, it's anger, it's ungodliness, and it feeds the narrative. It's them. And you're blind to your own stuff. I've seen this with myself. Times where I've been offended, I cannot see what I did wrong. And I also can't get healing until I see what I did wrong. And maybe they did wrong as well. Yes, fine. And I need to forgive them. But I need to heal my heart until I get to the point where I can say, well, okay, fine. That person treated me in, a, in an ungodly way. But I added to the problem. Then you can get free. And so I sat with my, in the past and Sonica would like, when I'm like, I'm speaking from a place like years ago, speaking from a place of offense or bitterness. And I'm speaking negatively about some people. And then my wife would be like, 
that's not the whole truth. It's like you had a role to play in that. And I'm like my own wife choosing other side. I can't believe it, you ungodly woman. Disloyal. No, that's godliness to bring the other side and say, hey, you have a part to play. But we tend to be self-deceiving. And then we feel like a victim. And that feeds that narrative, that stronghold in our mindsets of blaming others instead of taking ownership for our side. The kingdom of God is not about, you know, rights. It's about responsibility. Own your stuff and stop blaming others. Amen? Come on, say it. I'm going to stop blaming others. I'm going to up my game. Come on, say it. I'm a tiger. A very kind and loving and godly tiger. Okay. Amen. So don't see yourself as a victim. So you need to remove the lie and then replace it with the truth. But then first you need to see the lie. Most of us are not as self-aware as we should be. And so that scripture passage, it continues, and it says, if you are willing and obedient. In other words, you need to be like, I want to change. I want to be a better man, or I want to be a better woman, better husband, better wife. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better version. I want to be the version that Jesus called me to be. You know, like, God, I'm willing and obedient. Come, let us reason. God, come and show me where I need to change my thinking process. God, come and reveal the lies of the enemy. But then it says, but if you're, it says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Revival. Revival. When you embrace the truth and you walk down that path, you're going to have revival. The good of the land, you're going to get blessed. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. You shall have regret. Refuse and rebel. Like, it's not me. I don't need to change. I promise you, you need to change. Amen? Come and say, I need to change. Okay, that's like 101, breaking out of self-deception. I need to change. You cannot change what you do not confront. So you need to confront it so that you can change. I love this quote by Steve Backland. He said, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct, but by good beliefs. In other words, yes, you need to have good conduct, but that's not the problem. That's not the root issue. Whatever ungodly behavior you might be finding yourself in, that's not the problem. The problem is, what do you believe? What do you believe? You might say, hey, I really need to exercise. I need to exercise. And you're like, okay, New Year's resolution, I'm going to exercise. Two days in, you're not exercising. What's wrong? Your beliefs. You need to see yourself as an exerciser. I am an exerciser. I exercise. So you go and you walk around the block slowly. And you confess. I am an exerciser. I am an exerciser. I see myself as an exerciser. I'm going to exercise. That is who I am. So you start walking in that direction. You start walking. You go and you walk. But you need to change your belief system. And as you then act, as it says, you need to be willing and obedient. So you need to be willing and to change your way of thinking. And then you start walking just a little bit, little bit into that direction. Now, someone would do is like, I'm going to go run 40 kilometers. And you die after one and a half. 
And you know, I'm never going to do that again. That's not healthy. Okay? So you know, st- change your mindset and then small step in that direction. Called atomic habits. Little things. Little things. Slowly around the block. Slowly around the block. Okay? Declaring, I am an exerciser. Come on, say, I'm an exerciser. Okay? December is coming. We all dream of that six pack. I'm dreaming. I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> but I'm dreaming. Okay. But the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct, but good belief. So you need to assault the way you think about yourself. And then the more you then act in that direction, it strengthens your belief. So change your belief and then small steps in that direction, whatever it might be. Okay. So 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3 to 5, classic, well-known passage on the battle in our minds. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay, there's a war. There's a fight. The fight is in your mind. That's where the fight is at. That's where the war is raging. It's not outside. It's in your mind. For the weapons of a warfare, meaning you've got weapons. They're not carnal, not fleshly, but they are mighty in God for pulling down Strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's something negative that has a strong hold on you. Stronghold. It's got a stronghold on you. You struggle to break out of it. You're in this compulsive negative thought process or arguments. You're seeing yourself in this way or your future this way or your environment in this way. You're seeing yourself as that victim or whatever it is, but it has a strong hold on you. In other words, it's a fight of your life to break out of it. The fight of your life. Verse 5, casting down arguments. So the arguments come. There's arguments like, like being running through our minds. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If you don't take your thoughts captive, it will take you captive. If you don't take your thoughts captive, it will take you captive. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be taken captive by nonsense. I want to be free. I want to think clearly. I want to think as God sees and relates to me. And I'm sure you also want that. But you are mighty in God. Okay, so how do we take every thought captive? Three very practical steps. (coughs) Number one, identify. uh, It says identity, the problem. Identify. Thank you. Identify the problem. Okay, so look at your life for a moment. Evaluate. What problems do you have? What ungodly emotions? What ungodly behavior? Or what struggles do you have in your life? Relational problems. What problems do you have? That's where you want to go look. That's where you want to go find the lie. Because under the surface of that problem, there's a lie. There's a lie. So you need to ask probing questions. So to give you an example, we've been in a lot of Zoom call meetings over the last few months, like some major challenges in our church family that we have to solve some problems. So we had like long hours of Zoom calls. And then I picked up this past week that at times I'm really frustrated. I'm really frustrated because I'm giving solutions 
And it feels like the other guys are not hearing me at times. Not all the time, but at times. And I'm like, I am so frustrated. And then I realize that when I am frustrated, then I respond or react in a way that I'm looking at myself. I'm like, I don't like you, me. I don't like the way I'm acting. I'm not, I don't like the way I'm responding. I don't like the way that I'm speaking. I'm impatient, a little bit angry. I don't explain myself well because I'm frustrated. You know, I want to solve this. And I'm like, okay, there's a problem. I am frustrated. Now I have to ask, okay, well, I'll ask some probing questions. And why am I frustrated? And I realized I am frustrated because I'm like, I feel like I'm not being heard. And then I feel like I'm not being heard. And I feel like maybe, well, what's the lie underneath that thing? It's like, I'm not being heard. So I'm almost like feeling like, you know, I'm not valued as a person. So that's the underlying lie. You, you don't matter. Your voice doesn't matter. You as a person don't matter. And that's why I'm so frustrated and upset. And there is, but that's a lie. The truth is this, this, this group of guys, our apostolic leadership team, they are all leaders and pastors of churches and they have the right to their own opinion about things. Just because they don't agree with my solution doesn't mean that they reject me as a person. Are you seeing it? Okay, we're just doing group counseling now, group counseling. <laughs> so it's something small maybe, but it's like there's something there. There's a lie and I had to expose it. So you don't want to pinpoint the lie. What's the lie that you're believing? That you don't matter, or your voice doesn't matter, or you're not loved, or people don't have respect for you. And I just realized, no, that's just nonsense. It's just like, it's just, there's a bunch of lies that I need to remove. Okay, so that's really important. So identify the problem. Ask probing questions. What is the lie I believe about myself? Whatever you're struggling with. Again, the behavior is not the problem. It's the, what lie? Maybe you're struggling with lust. Maybe with pornography. What's the, what's the problem? What's the problem there? What do you want? What, maybe it's like you feel, um, maybe there's some wounds on the inside and you want to medicate that, those wounds on the inside. And so you go either to alcohol or you go to porn. You want to medicate your pain. But there's an underlying lie. I'm not loved. Or I need to look for love in the wrong places. Or I, I don't matter. You know, so you need to want that unworthiness. You need to get to that. You need to address those lies. And so the enemy is a liar. And he uses ungodly arguments. He's a deceiver and a liar. And so he's assaulting us continuously with lies and arguments. Okay, so here's a few examples. Let's say you succeed at something. And then he, could, he comes to you and says to you, wow, you, you are amazing. You just do that all. All in your own ability. You didn't even pray. Look at you. You are amazing. You are amazing. You don't need God in your life. You can just do it all by yourself. Enemy. That argument. Or maybe you fail. And then he comes to brainwash you. You're such a loser. You're such a failure. Can't even do that. There's no one as pathetic as you. Shocking. Yeah, 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 just say it. I'm a failure. Always just failing. That's an argument. Or maybe you go, you go, you have a great first date 
And you're like, oh, that was amazing. And then a voice comes like, ah, oh, yes, romance. That's what you need. That's it's all you need in life, romance. More romance novels. Just romance. That's the end all and be all of your very identity. That's your core. That's your source. Just romance. You don't need God. You just need romance. Or maybe you go to the first date and it's a complete disaster. And so he whispers, you, you are a disaster. Wow. You're ugly on the inside and on the outside. You're not valuable. You mean nothing. You're unworthy. You're not even pretty on the inside. Such a loser. You'll never have love. Because you're not good enough for love. And then what happens? You go there. You go down to hopelessness and despair. I'll never have love. I'll never have love. What then happens? Then you start going down places. You go look for love in all the wrong places. And as we counsel people and they go to places, they go look for love in abusive relationships. And they keep on allowing people to beat them up and mess them around. Why? Because, you know, I, I'm just not good enough for, for good love, real love, genuine love. The enemy... Or if you do something nice for a difficult person, then anyone say, oh, yes, you're a pretty great person. Eh? You can just work your way to heaven because you're such a good person. You don't need the blood of Jesus. You don't need Christ dying for you on the cross because you're such a good person. And then on the other side, you like treat somebody badly, harshly. And they always say, oh, you're such an awful, hateful person. <sighs> Whatever you're struggling with, it's like, oh. Or maybe the enemy comes and he says, like, like you're tempted to watch pornography. And the enemy says to you, everybody's doing it. So why not? Everybody's doing it. And then when you do it, <laughs> then he assaults you. When you give in, he says, you're the only person sick enough to do that disgusting things. You think that people in the church, you can't even go to church. When you walk in here, they're so perfect, they're so holy, they've never sinned. Never, never, never. Hmm? Never sinned. No, they have. Yes, they have. I counsel them. They have. Okay, quickly. Who has never sinned in their life? We've all sinned. But the enemy will tell you, you're not good enough. You can't come to church. You can't be amongst these holy people. No. We are saints by identity and we sin sometimes. It's changes our very nature. Come on, say it. I'm a saint that sins sometimes. Amen. You need to see that. So, so when, you, when you're sinning, you're acting actually out of your nature, out of character. You need to believe who you are. You're a saint and then you're going to start living differently. So this, the Satan is a, a schemer, a, a conniver. He, he, he wants to build this prison of lies. So what do you see? My little kitten picture. What do you see? What do you see? Tiger. Overcomer. Victorious in Christ. Able to break free from patterns of sin and negativity. You are and overcomers. So I want to take us to a classic passage in the book of Judges. This is such a good example of having a mental stronghold. Gideon had a mental stronghold. And so God comes to Gideon. 
He's like, come, now let us reason. You see, Israel was struggling. The Midianites were, were plundering the land. The, the country was a disaster. Okay, so how's God going to turn it around? He's going to go to one man, one person, and he's going to assault the stronghold of unbelief in his mind so that that man would believe the truth and set a nation free. Reason for revival. Contend for revival. So here the angel of the Lord comes, appears to him and says to him, say to him, the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. And he's hiding away. (coughs) He's hiding away. There's like, who are you talking to? I am not that. I'm not that tiger. I'm the kitten. Can you see it? I'm hiding away. I'm the kitten. I'm the nobody. You've got the wrong man. And then verse 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, here the arguments come. This mental stronghold. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Why are all these negative things happening in my life? If God is with me, why? Why? And where are all these miracles? I I thought God is powerful. I thought he's a miracle working God. I prayed that one time. One time. I had nothing. Nothing. In which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But uh, this is powerful. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Can you see that mental stronghold? It's like, where's God? And you know what? He has forsaken me. You know, see all the chaos happening? It's because God has handed us over to the enemy. And some of us think like that. God has forsaken me. That's why there's so much chaos in my life. And he's handed me over to the enemy because he doesn't answer my prayers. God, where are you? It's your fault. Can you see it? Disconnecting you from God. Assaulting God. Accusing God. I guarantee you at least 50% of the problems in your life is your own fault. And I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm just saying, hey, ask God to help you to break out of the negatives, out of the lies. Most of the issues in my life is just me. <laughs> just me. Acting not like I should be. Like a child of the king. But lies, all lies. Gideon was struggling in his mindset. And so God came and said, let's just reason. Come on, I need to assault those lies in your mind and head so that you can be the man I've called you to be. Then verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. I always think that's just so funny. What might? The might of negativity (laughs) and unbelief. It's like God ignores him and says, hey, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? It's like these two worlds are clashing. Heaven's perspective and then the stronghold. It's clashing. I don't know about you, but I want heaven's perspective. I want to see myself. I'm sure you want to see yourself as God sees you. You are a revivalist. You can change your environment if you would just believe as he believes. Then he says, indeed, how can I save Israel? Again, indeed, my clan is the weakest and I am the least. The weakest, the least. I'm a kitten. Meow. (laughs) And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one 
Man, you're a tiger. I am with you. Come on. Break down the stronghold. Break down the lies. Break down the hopelessness. Break down the unbelief. See yourself as heaven sees you. But you need to fight. It's the fight of your life. To renounce the lies and to embrace the truth. You see, perception is reality for you. If it's a lie, that's going to become your reality. Here's a picture of a prison, of a jail. It's like you there in prison. eh? Somebody said to you, hey, that gate's locked. You've got your cup there. You're playing your cup, singing. Woe is me. Woe is me. And the truth is Jesus has come and he's unlocked that door. He's unlocked the door. But because you believe the lie, it becomes your reality. Just a victim. Poor me. Shame me. Go on, do it. Weakest, smallest. Poor me, victim. Now the gate's been unlocked. When the truth comes, he's like, ah, ah, come on. And you walk out. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But it's a process. It's like a continuous process of assaulting those lies so that you can walk into your freedom. Like the last 10 years from 2012 till now. I mean, who I am today is vastly different than 10 years ago. But it's been a journey. 10 years of assaulting those strongholds. Now, God is with me. God is with you. God is for you. Yes, you are who he says you are. But you have to assault it. You have to break down those strongholds. Perception is reality. If you believe that gate is locked, you're going to stay in there. Come on, get out. The future of South Africa is dependent on winning the arguments in Christians' minds. That's the future. The future of our country depends on winning the arguments in our minds. The future of your home, your family, your business, your environment depends upon you winning the arguments in your mind. So break it down. Assault those lies. The renewing of the mind, here's a quote, renewing of the mind is the process of stepping into the experience of who we already are and what we already have. Now, the moment you come to Christ, you're already, you're a tiger. God sees you as a tiger. But now he's going to like work on you so you can see yourself as the tiger. So you can step into who you already are. You can, when you come to Christ, you can be complete mess. God does not relate to you as that complete mess. He relates to you according to who he has called you to be. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You're a world changer. He looks at you differently than you think. And so I love the story by T.L. Osborne. You can put the photo on. He was a, 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 a missionary to India. And he really struggled. Not a lot of success. India is not for the faint of heart. And he said, he told his wife that he could see Jesus. If he, if he could just see Jesus, his life would be changed. He just, he just knew. He just knew. If I could just see Jesus, I'm going to be changed. He had this revelation. He says, the next morning at six o'clock, I was awakened by a vision of Jesus Christ as he came into our room. I looked upon him. I saw him like I see anyone. 
No tongue can tell of his splendor and beauty. No language can express the magnificence and power of his person. Of all I had heard and read about him, the half had never been told me. His hands were beautiful. They seemed to vibrate with creative ability. His eyes were streams of love pouring forth into my innermost being. When I came out of that room, I was a new man. He had this encounter with God. And it's like the strongholds in his mind was removed. He was a kitten and then he became a tiger. In that moment. He says, Jesus has become the master of my life. I knew the truth. He is alive. He's more than dead religion. My life was changed. I would never be the same. All traditional values began to fade away. I felt impressed daily by a new and increasing sense of reverence and serenity. Everything was different because the stronghold had been removed. The unbelief had been removed. The doubts and the fears had been removed. And he said, I wanted to please him. That is all that has mattered since that unforgettable morning. He just wanted to please God. And so T.L. Osborne started to do crusades, evangelistic outreaches all across the world in 70 nations. Because he discovered the greatness of Christ in him. Here's a few things that he saw. He states, we saw deaf mutes by the hundreds perfectly restored. We have seen great numbers of the blind instantly receive their sight, as many as 90 cases in a single gospel crusade. Crusade. 90 blind people see. We've seen the hopeless cripples restored. Those in wheelchairs as long as 42 years arise and walk. Those on cots and stretchers have arisen and been made whole. I love how he says this next, but he says, we have witnessed eardrums, lungs, kidneys, ribs, and other parts of the body which have been removed by operations, recreated and restored by God's creative power. We've seen incurables made well, cancers die and vanish, lepers cleansed, even the dead raised. So many incredible things God did, all because he had that encounter with God and it shifted The mindset. It shifted the unbelief. The kitten became a tiger. Christ in him. All things become possible. Just shift the unbelieving mindset. So a victim mentality. Just quickly ending off with this. A victim mentality. You could think I'm a victim of the devil. If only evil wasn't so rampant. I would have a chance. I'm a victim of the people in church. If only people would see me for who I really am and what I have to offer. Things would be better. A victim of my past. If only I had a better past. If it wasn't such a mess. Maybe, maybe I would have a chance. Or I'm a victim of the preordained plan of God to limit me. God just has such a small plan for my life. No, the truth is you're a victim of your bad beliefs. Chase it out. Renounce the lie. Break out of that. And then lastly, just want to put up four things just to summarize. How do you step into freedom? Number one, pinpoint the lies. As I said, the first three things you do, find the lies. Number two, remove the lie, replace it with the truth. Number three, then you need to warfare with the truth. How do you do it? Declarations. You put the truth in your mouth. You say it. Speak the word of God over your life and then act accordingly. Start stepping out. You need to say it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Come on, say it. I am more than a conqueror. Through Christ. Come on, say it. I'm a tiger. Come on, say it. I'm an overcomer. 
Come and say, I'm holy in Jesus. Come and say, I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a saint. And I can break out of every negative pattern. In Jesus' name. You need to believe it. And then lastly, you need to write it down. Write it down. Think it. Meditate upon those truths. And then confess it until you believe it. And then live it. Amen? Come on. You can do it. You need to say it. You need to declare it. The way we think will either lead us into regret or into revival. I know we're called to revival. I know you are called to walk in the fullness of Christ. So walk into that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.